This is the TSN MMA Show with Aaron Bronstetter and Bazooka Joe Valtellini. Welcome to another edition of the TSN MMA Show. I'm your host, Aaron Bronstetter. Joined as I am each week by Bazooka Joe Valtellini as we work through some new technical uh, stuff that Joe is trying to figure out on his end as he's uh, loading up a great program called Ecamm Live that uh, I use for a lot of my interviews and, uh, and for this podcast and for a lot of other things. So uh, I'm giving him a bit of a tutorial. Since there was no UFC yep. last week, we can just start off the show by talking about uh, Tech Talk and, uh, and all kinds of different apps. Does that That's it. Like it would be appealing to the viewer or the listener, rather? I think so. Technology's pretty big. I mean, everyone's got it, so why not? And I do. Ecamm is incredible, by the way, and they are not a sponsor of the show. If they would like to sponsor me, I'm, I'm open to it because they're that good. Well, they can just I give mean, you a, a free membership, and then you're good. Yeah, hey, that's a Paul. sponsorship in itself. I'll take an Ecamm sponsorship. <laughs> But uh, no, it's a good program, but I appreciate your help with it, Aaron. It's a little tricky here, but uh, I'll get used to it. If you're not familiar with all of Joe's great work, you can see it on YouTube. Uh, Joseph Valtellini on YouTube, and Joe's uh, expanding into a lot of different things. MMA Talk, uh, I know you're yep. going to start your courses soon. Is that going to be available through YouTube or is that through, uh, through your own website? Uh, it's going to be through my own website. Uh, we're starting a subscription site, and uh, it's getting built now. We're doing it. We're putting all the videos, getting all the content, but... Uh, the cool thing is it's we're going to release it May 3rd, which is exciting because May 3rd is also my birthday. So you get a birthday celebration and the launching of the site all in one day. So we're excited about that. You share a birthday with uh, my friend Dave Alter, a good friend of mine. So uh, mm, you guys it's a are good birthday. birthday buddies. Is he a hard-headed Taurus like he, myself? Oh, he is the epitome of a hard-headed Taurus. Hey, yes. He is all an right. absolute hard-headed Taurus. So, uh, my Taurus brother. You, you, put a, you put a Taurus and a Sicilian in one body, you get the bazooka, uh -oh. right? So yeah, that's, 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 that's why you're uh, such a good kickboxer. You need, to, you need to go to Sicily and start scouting people. Ask them when their birthday is on the street and then start training. That's them. it. Yeah, it's a good start. So as long as you're a tourist and you're Sicilian, there's a, a good start to a fight career for sure. It makes me want to look something up because uh, this weekend, as you know, Marvin Vittori is in the main event. And I would like to see if he's a tourist. When's he born? He, he's he, September 20th. So he's not uh, I was going to say he lives like one. He's got a big, hard, durable head. He's... He's, you know, he's in your face all the time. He's always seems in a bad mood. So we got a lot of similarities. So I would have thought he's a Taurus too. You know, I, I interviewed him yesterday and he acknowledged that he, he would not be able to train with another Marvin Vittori. Like there would only be room yeah. for one more Marvin Vittori in the gym. Well, there's a lot of alpha males in a gym. So, I mean, but when you want to be that alpha alpha male, it's, it's, it's a tough position to be in, in a gym of fighters. You know, so. everybody kind of uh, writes him off as this angry guy and, you know, a guy that's just, he's very... Um, very passionate, very angry, but he's a really sharp guy. Like I was talking to him here. This will actually surprise you because I brought you up. You'd mentioned to me previously that if a fighter says that they are able to sleep the night before a fight, they're lying. He says that he sleeps 11 hours the night before a fight. 11 hours. 11 hours. Yeah. All right. That's impressive. He if he's that calm. Well, I, I don't think it's great sleep. If, if he might be in his bed for 11 hours, if he's sleeping, comfortably relaxed i mean there is something loose up in there and you got to be i mean to be a martin vittori but i think that's crazy i mean i needed melatonin help i needed uh, just being so exhausted from my weight cut it makes you tired but 11 hours that's insane maybe that's why he recovers well fights so hard if that's the case i mean we've heard gsp gsp says he hated fighting he was so nervous and the nerves and I mean, you need the nerves to be alive. So if he's that, he's really a, a crazy individual. He says he's calm. He says he just loves it in there. He just loves to do it. 
And, uh, but I said, like, aren't you anxious? Like, aren't you excited about getting to do it? And he, he like, laid out all these feelings that he has the day before a fight. And I was like, wouldn't those be the things that would stop you from sleeping? And he was like, yeah. no, you know, I'm just calm. And, you know, I, he, he, basically fighting is his happy place, it seems. He's a very interesting guy. I, I actually, it was one of my favorite interviews that I've done in, in, uh, in recent memory was uh, talking to Marvin. So you can hear that on the TSN MMA show interview edition, which will be out tomorrow. Uh, because I still need to talk to Big Mouth uh, tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. as well as Mackenzie Dern and uh, Nina Ansarov today. So uh, some good guests on, on this week's show, as well as some Canadians. Uh, you got Tristan Connolly and uh, Lupita mm-hmm. Godinez representing uh, Vancouver. So talking to them Now, well. uh, on this card, is McDessie still on the card, John McDessie? Yeah, against uh, Ignacio Bahamondes. Who yeah, is that... a, have you watched Bahamondes fight? I have not. Okay, before you watch this weekend's card, watch okay. the Dana White Contender Series fight that he had last, uh, last year. He's a really good fighter. I'm really high on Bahamondes. What's uh, what's his thing? Is it striker? Because you got to know McDessie's distance control. Excellent so striker. Okay. How do how how was does he rate to what we've seen from McDessie over the years? Well, I just think McDessie is a very good technical striker. Um, yeah. But uh, Bahamondes is extremely creative. Like he throws a lot of interesting stuff. I think his dad was either a boxer or a kickboxer, and he just has like kind of Israel uh, Adesanya esque creativity to his game like i, I really okay. am it's, he's a joy to watch I, i'm excited to watch him and mcdessie this weekend that's one I of mean, my favorite and, fights on the card yeah i would think so because mcdessie i mean we've seen him i think the big thing with mcdessie that we've seen is he's going out there scoring his points managing his distance well and he's just been smarter the older he's gotten he doesn't take those big risks so um it's going to be an interesting fight, but I hope McDessie, you know, is healed up from his last injuries because, I mean, he's one of the, the longest-lasting Canadians now yeah. in the UFC. I think he was on, like, UFC 129, was he not? Crazy. I mean, and now, especially with the Canadian scene, we're not getting a lot more talent into the scene. I mean, he fought guys like Sam Stout. Like, we haven't heard Sam Stout's name in the UFC for a while, but here's McDessie still fighting, which, which is insane for me, the length of his career. Yeah, a lot of longevity for him. Um, and I mentioned Tristan Connolly before. His fight is going to be at 145 pounds. This is the guy who just beat Michelle Pereira on short notice. Michelle Pereira should be a middleweight. Like, he's a huge yeah. guy for Easily. 170. Easily, and, yeah. and a guy who can fight at featherweight beat him. Like, that, that's just unbelievably impressive. So it's good to see him coming back. He got into a bad car accident. That's why he's had this kind of long layoff. He had to recover from that, had to have surgery. So uh, we'll, I'll be discussing that with him uh, when, when I get a chance to talk to him. Looking forward to that. Yeah, but the other thing was, like, just before the show, I went on uh, to look at the fight card. There is a lot of fights that are going under the radar that I didn't even know was on the card. McDessie was one of them. Uh, the other one, which surprised me because usually there's a lot of hype around, was Mike Perry's on the card. See, I forgot that. Who, who's Mike Perry fighting this weekend? Uh, Daniel Rodriguez. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. Yeah, Daniel Rodriguez so is really good. I mean, not he sits much. there. He's tough. I think he trains with like good kickboxers and like Joe Schilling and that crew. So, I mean, I think that fight with Mike Perry. I mean, maybe Mike Perry focusing on his child. He's not maybe as outspoken um, as he was in the past. But that really went under the radar for me. Yeah, that's gonna be a dogfight. That's gonna be a fun one. I forgot that he was on this card. I, you know, I, I haven't had a chance to to do tons of research on it just yet. But uh, I'm gonna have my TSN edge picks locked in at some point. So uh, we'll have to see uh, what direction I go in uh, with that one. That that's going to be an interesting one. I think that one probably goes the distance. If you if you want to bet an over, I think the the over in that fight would probably be worth looking at. But uh, yeah, I mean this card is really good uh, over the weekend. But before we get to it, did you get a chance to watch Bellator last week? 
I, I got to watch. I didn't pay as close attention um, as I would for a UFC fight, but I, I caught the main fights. Did you see Mandel's fight? I absolutely did. He yeah, great. Phenomenal. I mean, just the way he set it up, that's that's calm, collective, set-up striking, head kick to a Superman. Like, that's the perfect little setup. I mean, sharp. I've always said I think that guy is Canada's best, you know, mixed martial artist. He just needs the platform and I think the consistency because from my understanding is a lot of guys don't want to fight him. He's really dangerous. Yeah, I, I think that that's, uh, that's pretty clear and it's pretty clear as to why guys don't, don't want to fight him. But he's, he's another guy that's super creative in there, which I love. He's, he's an artist. He's an artist, yeah, uh, he's an artist outside of the cage with uh, his artwork that he does on Instagram. His shirts, he yep. designed them himself. He does the artwork for them and he uses that creativity also in the cage. He doesn't waste his time on social media yep. like, you and, like you and I do. Yeah, and, and I'm going to call out his questionable fashion. He's all into that stuff, too. I, I remember I saw him once, okay? This is a funny story. Um, we have a, a close mutual friend, and uh, I was his coach for kickboxing. So um, Mandel came to watch his friend fight, and I saw him, and he's wearing goalie shorts, like like what goalies would wear in soccer that had the pads on the side with, like, boots on. I was like, all right. That's his style, but that creativity definitely shows itself in the ring. So he's just a, a creative mind, you know, in and out of the ring. Certainly an interesting guy. Well, that main event blew me away, uh, how good Patricio Pitbull looked against Emmanuel Sanchez. I, because I think Emmanuel Sanchez, since their last fight, has gotten so much better, which just goes to show how much better Patricio Pitbull's gotten, which is a scary thing. Yeah, it was a quick finish. I mean, I still want to see Pitbull tested. I mean, when when you look back at his career, I mean, he's got wins against uh, Michael Chandler. So, I mean, you got to think he sits at the top, but he needs that true test and that true test in the UFC. Yeah, and but not necessarily because I think A.J. McKee is going to be a massive test for him. He's undefeated, hot young prospect, another guy who's very creative yeah. in the cage. Uh, that fight, I think, is one of the best fights that Bellator has had ever, really, in terms of just like the, the caliber of fighter. But uh, Pitbull, is it just me? But he's scary. I mean, oh, for that ending when uh, AJ went into the ring and they were facing off, like that's a serious man. Like when he looks at you in the eye and he tells you he's going to beat you up, that that's a scary, genuine, he means every bit of those words. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's going to be a fun one. Um, it always, I always wonder how good – I think that he could be the champion in the UFC. Like I think he's that good. Uh, Me too. He could, he could be the, the featherweight champion, um, maybe even the lightweight champion in the UFC with Khabib retired. But, uh, I mean, it's one of those things where I wonder if we're ever going to see it, if we're ever going to see Pitbull in the, in the UFC. And the thing is, I think he's like 33 or 34 now. It's like how much time, like, will it be a Chandler situation if he eventually moves yeah. over? Who knows? And, I mean, he's he's been like, he's a day one Bellator guy. I think he's been at Bellator since the first card, or at least it one seems of the first like cards. It. Because I remember years and years ago when Bellator was putting even shows in Canada, like just near, you know, us here in yeah, Toronto, really they would are. put on shows. And there was just like tournaments. And I think even at one point, like Pitbull fought, was it um, Yoel, uh, not Yoel Romero, um, the Canadian Romero, Anthony. Uh, Anthony Romero. Not Anthony Romero. Will Romero. Will Romero, Will Romero. Will Romero I think, fought other, him in yeah. Bellator. And that was years and years and years ago, I remember hearing Pitbull fight in Bellator. Yeah. So, and crazy. And I think was even it, uh, his brother? Mike Ricci. Or was it Mike Ricci? No, it was the other, uh, it was the other Ricci. It was um, Alex Ricci. That fought Pitbull in Bellator? I think so. Hmm. I don't know, but one of the I just remembered some of the local Canadian guys yeah. that I've been following are going into these huge Bellator tournaments, and I'm talking ten years ago, probably right. like yeah. crazy. Like this is even probably me before signing with Glory, and that was in 2013. So, mm -hmm. 
he's been around. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's like he's an OG Bellator guy. And it's nice to see a guy like that get some recognition because I think again, I think Pounder like he's on the pound for pound list in my opinion. Like he's, I've always said the guy uh, is just super underrated. Um, yeah, and underappreciated in the sport. But I mean, it seems like if you're not in the UFC, people don't pay as much attention to you. That's just kind of the reality of the situation. I mean, we've got one championship tomorrow night. Demetrius Johnson's on the card. Eddie Alvarez on the card. Rug Rug is on the card. Uh, that should be interesting as well. Uh, there's a Bellator card on Friday, and then we've got UFC on Saturday. We're, we're going to have a busy couple days coming up. Yeah, that, I, that Bellator on Friday seems interesting. I want to see what uh, Machida has left. I think Bader um, gets it done early in that fight, but I'm excited to see it. Do you I'm remember really, the first really... fight between them? I do not. Basically, it was like, I love that fight, the first fight between them, because it was Bader basically trying to solve a puzzle. And he was trying mm-hmm. to get close to Machida, and, and Machida just caught him with a kick. Like, I knocked him right out, if I recall. Um, because back then, like, Machida had the reflexes of a cat. But I'm interested <laughs> to see. I, I know Bader's gotten better since, and I think Machida's regressed since, because I think he's in his, you know, mi- almost his mid-40s now. But, man, that's going to be an interesting one. Yeah. I think Bader does what Bader does, attack, right? He, he's kind of explosive. He comes in, he attacks powerfully. And the best counter to that is Machida, you know, kind of jamming that straight punch down the middle. So Machida can catch him. No, um, that's not an issue. But I think Bader's power, explosiveness, uh, being that little bit younger gets it done. Yeah, I guess we'll have to see uh, on that one. Because Bader's not that much. I don't know how much younger Bader is. He can't be that much younger than Machida, but he's probably at least five years younger. Uh, yeah. And I mean, yeah. I guess then when you're in your later ages, that makes, <laughs> makes a big difference. Just a little bit, yeah. Yeah. So uh, that that should be uh, interesting to see as well. I'm trying to remember what else is on that Bellator card. Let me let me pull it up. Well, here. the Gracie fight. I thought Neiman Gracie beat uh, Jackson there, or John. Uh, is it Jackson? Um, was... Yeah, he beat uh, Jason Jackson. Or Jason Jackson uh, beat him. Neiman Jason, Gracie Jason, lost. Jason, that, yeah. Jackson beat Neiman Gracie. That he was lost a close that fight. Decision. That was a tough Super one to call. close. I thought Neiman Gracie won. Well, it depends he... on what you're you're judging the fight based on because based on the scoring criteria, I thought that Jackson landed more damage in the first round, and that that's why I think they gave him that round. I think Neiman yeah. won the second, and then I think Jackson probably squeaked out the third. But uh, a very close fight. I, I can understand why people thought that uh, Neiman won. Yeah, that, what other fights uh, stood out to me? I know they announced the Cyborg fight. Yep, Cyborg fight was announced. Um, we actually have, uh, on this Bellator card, we have uh, some Canadians. we got Julia Budd back in action against Diana Silva. And uh, this this one I'm really looking forward to, Jeremy Kennedy against Adam Boric. Oh, uh, yeah, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, nice that's a Jeremy great Kennedy. fight. Yeah, that's yeah. a fantastic fight. Um, so looking forward to that one as well. I'm trying to think if there's any other Canadians on the card. It doesn't look like it. Um, and then we've got, uh, for Bella, for uh, the UFC, of course, we've got the afternoon card. And for one championship, Adriano Marais against Demetrius Johnson, minus 900. I put out a stat yesterday. Do you want to hear a great stat? Let me hear it. So if you bet $1,000 on Demetrius Johnson in his last seven fights, how much do you think you would have won? He was 6-1 and one, su- six and one in those fights. 6-1. and one. So if you bet 1000 on, on each fight? Yeah. Uh, he was probably at least minus, I would say, I'd say, four, let's say two, two, three grand. You would have lost $550. Lost? He was six and one. And if you bet $1,000 on each of his fights, you would have lost $550. That's how really? big of a favorite he's been in his last seven fights. Because I guess you don't make enough. Yeah, to... like if you he beat Damn. like Wada, he was like minus two minus twenty two forty. If you bet a thousand bucks, you win fifty dollars. 
Yeah. Right. So yeah. you're 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 winning small amounts of money, and then if you bet a thousand against for him against Cejudo, you lost a thousand. So yeah, I I thought at least maybe minus five hundred. So if you bet a thousand on minus five hundred, two hundred bucks. But he didn't win bucks. any of his yeah. fights where he was minus five hundred. He was like ah, minus a thousand or more, geez. or like minus eight hundred or more in all of those fights. Dang. The yeah, average the average betting line for him was like minus ten fifty for his last seven fights. <laughs> like that's that's how dominant this guy is. Yeah, just beasting and still doing it. I think he'll he'll continue to do it. I think he'll be one of those guys that kind of retires out with with his full brain, like a like a Khabib, you know? Yeah, he's never been knocked out, right? Yeah, I mean, even his losses were close, and he got leg chopped and moved. They they weren't beatings at of anything. So I mean, he is training yeah. with Bibiano Fernandez in training, though. You don't know what happens behind the scenes. Mm. Where's that taking place? The one I championship guess, fight. No, if he's training with. He, well, he trains in Washington State, and Bibiano trains in Vancouver, and I think they travel. It's just close enough. Yeah, to, yeah. Okay. Um, so this UFC card, we have Vittori against uh, Kevin Holland taking the fight on short notice. What do you think of this one, like from a matchup standpoint? Because uh, I think that um, Holland actually on the feet would match up pretty well against Vittori, but if Vittori just follows that same kind of game plan that Brunson did, take him down and stay on yeah. top of him, I think he'll be pretty heavy from top. Yeah, I think it's going to be a pretty dominant uh, win for Vittori. I think it's just his pressure. Like, could is Kevin Holland striking better? Probably, but as a, I think a full mixed martial artist, Vittori has the package, and I think the big, the strong. I think even if Kevin's able to stay elusive long, like that little Israel Adesanya style, but I think Vittori was able to just crash that distance and just let that power go. Punch, 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 grab, wrestle, take down. Uh, hold them down, ground and pound, and I think uh, Vittori gets it done. I think he'll even do it in finishing because, I mean, how's Kevin Holland's conditioning? Did he have enough time to keep that pace? And Vittori's known for that conditioning. So I think it's gonna Kevin Holland's in for a tough one, that's for sure. Well, the odds on Vittori inside the distance are plus 125. Vittori by decision is plus 190. That's where I would lean. I think Vittori will win a decision. I think plus 190 is actually some solid value for Vittori by decision. Yeah, I can see that. I just think his ground and pound could, you know, end it a little sooner. But, uh, yeah, it makes sense to, to say decision. So what about fight doesn't go to – or fight goes to decision, that's plus 140. So if you believe that Holland has a chance of winning by decision, plus 140 is not bad. You just take that. Take the fight goes to a decision. Yeah, and then either way you get the win anyways, Conquer, right? Yeah. Because I think this fight goes all five rounds personally. Okay. Yeah, Kevin's hard to finish because even on the ground he'll hold you the way he moves. Like he's he's not an easy guy to finish. So well, look at yeah, the Brunson can, fight, right? Yeah, I mean he'll be dominant, but he's not gonna he's not gonna get finished. Yeah, um, I like the Nina Ansarov Mackenzie Dern fight. I think that's a really good one. Those the odds have kind of widened. I like I was liking Ansarov in this that fight when the the line was about even, but now Ansarov's minus one forty. Yeah, and again question she was um answer off um because it seems like with the way her and amanda nunez goes they help each other out in the camps right so yeah, of course you got to think like you're with the champ all day yeah, every all day <laughs> all full time with the champ even that mindset the champ, the goat. yeah seriously so even that morning routines the mindsets of hearing the goat every day like you got to think that's an advantage for sure well, in her last fight, um, before she she left um, to have the baby, she fought Tatiana Suarez, and uh, she was like a six to one underdog, and she almost won that fight. She was actually injured going into that fight and almost won that fight. Yeah. So I think that you you've seen the improvement that Nina's made. Now you think that she's had two plus years off. I think it's been two plus years. When 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 was that fight? That was June 2019. So almost two years off. 
the amount of improvements she could have made, although I know that she's been raising a child, but the, the amount of improvements she's made could be gigantic. Yeah. I just think that story of her and, you know, Amanda sh should almost be brought out a little bit more. It's such a it's such a nice story. Like to see like I saw a little clip and it was um basically Amanda was training and you know, you see Nina holding the baby while they're training. Like that's a that's a crazy story. You know, like to me it should be shown more. And actually I was gonna bring it up to you. I mean, I'm getting frustrated with these um the UFC uh, countdown shows, they're not giving us that footage anymore, you know? Like, I want to see them there's, training. There's I want to see them behind. I know, but come on. There's cameras in there all the time. They all have their camera guys there. Well, they it's, have their own very... camera, but then they, they don't give that to the UFC. The UFC send their own people out. Yeah, and they're still doing it. It's just I don't think they're doing enough of it. It ends up being more of like a clip of their highlights rather than a story of, you know, the guys in their training camp. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm a little bored of watching them. I'm with you. I think that they could uh, they could certainly go in a different direction with them. But uh, I think they're good for what they are. They're good at hyping up the fights. Um, but to, yeah, but it's almost like the Ultimate Fighter. We just want something a little bit different, you well, know? Let's, like let's just hope so for this let's, time around. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's some news. I'm sure you'll bring up. Yeah, well, why not? You, you've given me the segue. We got uh, Alexander <laughs> Volkanovski and Brian Ortega as coaches. Uh, I mean, not not very exciting in terms of drama. I, I don't think you're going to see much. Uh, between them, I know I, I heard an interview that Volkanovski did with Eric Hawani this week, where he was basically saying, "I, I don't lose competitions. Yeah. Like any competition that happens on this show, I'm we're gonna win it." Yeah. So uh, I, I have a feeling that Brian Ortega probably feels the same way. Yeah, maybe that's just more of like competitive fun between them in those challenges and stuff. Who knows? Ortega, you know, good-looking guy, maybe bring some funny side. He did smack uh, Korean Zombies manager. Maybe we see some of that. Uh, this goes and anger Brad side Riddell. of him. I have a feeling Brad Riddell's not going to take that. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't Smack think so. Eugene Behrman. <laughs> yeah. I have a feeling. Eugene's not, a tough boy. I'm telling you, that ain't happening. Yeah. I, I don't think yeah. that the, uh, the, the people surrounding Alexander Volkanovsky are the type of people that you want to try, try slapping. And I know Volkanovsky trains with two teams, right? He got he's got yeah. the city kickboxing, the other team. So hopefully, to me, it, like because of the excitement, city boxing guys, I think nice. He, Z make appearance for sure he will Eugene maybe a little bit could be fun in the show and some of the boys out there because their style's fun and I think that's kind of what I want to see of like I mean when you see the guys in quarantine like Eugene has these guys outside doing drills fight week back and forth mm -hmm. you know combo backs and like it's just fun and I think they have a different mindset so hopefully they portray some of that yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing that particular show. I think that the longer that this fight takes to happen, the better it's going to favor Ortega because it seems like Ortega is soaking up so much information every time, uh, yeah. you know, he's he's in camp. So I'm I'm eager to see what Ortega looks like against Volkanovski in that fight. That should be a fun one. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a very close fight either way. Yeah, I think so. I I mean, obviously I'm leaning towards Volkanovski right now, but. Just seeing those improvements with, with Ortega, I know the guys he's training with, his mindset. You know, let's see it. I mean, I think he would be a Dillashaw, cool. Hasn't he? Like he's been training with some of those guys, I believe. He's been going kind of back and forth. Sure, I'm not too sure. I know. I just know one of his striking coaches and the guys he's been working is striking with. Very technical, like good range guys, good mix of elbows and knees. And so, uh, the guy he's working with, Jason Park, is uh, works with Anderson Silva as well. So he's getting that whole. Um, just he's getting a full, you know, um, holistic approach to his MMA. Isn't Jason Park the guy he slapped? Uh, I think they have the same name. I guess Jay both Park. Korean names. <laughs> Jay Park. <Yeah. laughs> there um, you go. 
while we're on the topic of Ortega, a couple of weeks ago he posted on uh, on Instagram what the new uh, UFC uniforms looked like. He kind of gave us a sneak peek, but now they're out there. Have you seen them? Have you seen the new uh, yeah. fight kits? I saw them actually through your uh, Twitter. Yeah. Okay. And uh, they're okay. I, I'm not blown away. They are what they are. I, they're clean. Yeah. I mean, they look. I think they're better they than look, the Reebok ones, and they're an improvement, yeah. I guess. I think that I would say similar to Reebok, but if anything, it's better because it's new after a while. You know, it's just boring. Like I've been to two or three UFCs now. I got the same sweater, and so something else would be nice. You know, so uh, I think it's new, and I think the biggest talk around it was um, showing the pay differences that they're getting. And I think a lot of fighters were under the assumption that Venom was going to pay a little bit more per fight. What's some of the, the news you're hearing around that? Well, I mean, there there is a bit of a step up, but if you factor inflation into it, like it's it's actually probably less. Than is it enough like no, to I, make I, like a big I mean, sink about it's it? Not not for me to say whether or not it's enough. It's up for the fighters. But I mean, there's no union, right? They, they could say you're getting zero dollars, right? I mean, technically, right? If yeah, the UFC wanted to, they could say we're taking yeah. the money. You know, this is our <laughs> we're getting you guys uniforms and you guys have to wear them. <laughs> you yeah. work for the UFC. I mean, they're technically independent contractors, but uh, I don't think that the fighters are going to make a stink about it. Have you heard fighters say that it's not enough money? No, I just thought I've heard people say they thought it was going to be more. I mean, it's still if you're I think it was like if you're one to five fights in the UFC, it's only like three or four grand you're getting. Mm -hmm. You know, I think a lot of guys were expecting a little bit more um, from it. But like you said, it is a monopoly. They can do whatever they want. So um, I don't know. I just think it's it's an opportunity. I'm still torn between the two because from the side of Venom and Reebok in the UFC, you got to think there's fights every single weekend. So yes, there's that first, I'm going to almost contradict myself, but I, I'm just saying that I understand Venom and Reebok paying this amount because there's shows every week, you know, and, and there's 20 fighters on the card. So that's big payout for everything. But um, still, I think there should be some form of incentive for fighters. Maybe if you post more, you create or you do something or you – I don't know. There should be an incentive to get more oh, through sponsorship. Here's my proposal. This is what I said that they should – this is what I've always said they should do if, you got, if you're Venom. Venom should say, we want to work with the fighters to create a logo for each fighter. Work, have yeah. the fighters sit down and if the fighter already has their own logo, great. Work with Venom to put a fighter logo – on each uniform and sell those on sell those in the store and give the fighters a cut because if you're going to put something out that's just vanilla and generic and it's the same thing you can get a customized jersey from the store that's great whatever uh, you're not going to see people walking around wearing them nobody's going to walk around yeah. wearing an authentic fight kit you're going to look like an idiot i hate to say yeah. it but yeah. you're just not gonna, like if you see somebody walking around with a customized conor mcgregor fight kit you're going to look at that person sideways but, What's cooler, fight kit or affliction shirt? Well, I mean, today probably the fight kit. But uh... okay, all right. So we're wearing the fight kit. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I mean, listen. If you're if you're gun to my head, you're telling me I have to wear I can wear an affliction shirt or a gun or a uh, or a fight kit. I'm probably taking the fight kit. Okay. Like like if you're, if you're bringing out like one of those old kind of the old school kind the of shiny old... ones with the glitter, yes. the Ed Hardy type. Yeah, okay. I'm I'm going so fight Reebok. kit. Okay. But I would look like an idiot neither. I mean, let's be real here. <laughs> uh, you know what? Maybe I'd go with the affliction shirt and just gel my hair, spike it up, and I'd go for like just oh. full 2002 era. I really UFC found fan. something in you. You really went off on this. I like it. Okay, but, but let me go back to let me go back to my idea here. If if you were to buy a, a fight kit 
or fight gear mm -hmm. that has a fighter specific logo on it specific to them it has the ufc logo on it too has the venom logo mm -hmm. all that but like i think kelvin gastelum has a great logo i think kyle the monster nelson like he's the whoever's designing these guys logos are doing a really good job and putting good stuff out there i think that people would be a lot more open to owning fight gear with a personalized uh like sorry a logo that's personalized to each fighter and and yeah, i think that I the agree. fighters would be open to that because they would get a cut of the revenue from from sales and i think that venom would be open to it because they'd be selling more merchandise and they'd be making more money i, I just don't see who would lose in that situation yeah uh, one of the things i thought about like i mean uh, i think it was a few months ago but it's if you want to pay a base, I think that's good and it's fine. But the incentive, I'm, I'm all about incentives to do more. Because even now, like with my YouTube channel, I'm constantly bringing in new sponsors to the channel. But a lot of times fighters and athletes, they want something from the company without doing anything. And I think that creates the problem. So create an incentive base for them. So if Venom says, all right, here is your fight kit. I'm going to give you the code, you know, Bazooka 30. And if anyone buys the my fight kit, you know, then all of a sudden you'll get a percentage of the money back. So at least, you know, and you they can would promote your fight that on their social media. They would advertise it on their social media. More people will buy it because, okay, like, I mean, at least it's something extra and you can kind of grind to make a little bit more. So it's a win-win for everybody. Well, here, let's think about basketball jerseys, for example. Nobody would buy a jersey that said NBA on it. Like, nobody. Yeah. But people true. like their teams. They like they like to be a part – like, we have a tribal society. There's, there's a lot of tribalism. There's There's – Giants fans and Cowboys fans. There's Yankees fans and Mets fans. There's Red Sox fans and Yankees fans. Leafs fans and, and Canadians fans. People want to be part of something where they can say, I'm on this team. So yep. if, you, if you were able to give fighters that kind of personalization so that people can say, I'm on you know, Team Kelvin Gaslam, or if you have like a City Kickboxing logo, I like City Kickboxing. I think that people would be a little bit more open to buying that gear because they, they can associate themselves with something. Yeah, I agree. Like, even if it's just one, have a spot on one thing for the fighter to decide whether you want your gym logo, whether you want one sponsor. I think maybe one per fighter is not crazy. And I think even if you decide where on the short it goes, maybe just on the side, they leave a little area open for one gym or one sponsor, whatever the fighter wants to decide. I heard um, Brandon Schaub talking the other day about it. He said back in the days when he was fighting, his front logo he was charging like 50 grand for, like 25 grand for like little patches on the front, you know, 30, 40 grand for the back, you know, the butt part. Like, so these guys apparently were making big, big bucks compared to what the, the newer fighters making through sponsorship. Yeah. So I think I, that's I different. Though, right? I understand though why the UFC did it. Like yeah, the UFC don't want these fighters to look like race cars. They want to have their I own sponsors for events. They, you know, you, you did need to get, if you did want to get sponsored, they would need to get approved by the UFC. The UFC would need to rubber stamp every single uh, sponsor that came through. But uh, I just, I, I understand them wanting to clean it up. Like it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't bother me that they implemented uniforms. It's not really for me to, to decide anyways. I'm not a fighter. I, you know, I, but I, I get why they, why they did the uniforms. I understand why they brought in Reebok and I understand why they're bringing in Venom. But I feel like yeah. if you look at one of the big misses from the last whatever years, I feel like it, if you look at fight kit sales, I, I imagine they're not great. Like I, I just, well, you don't see people walking around with them. Yeah, maybe in the beginning when it was new, you know, you're like, oh, these are cool. I see these guys wearing it. But after so many years of the same kit, it, it was time for a change. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Um, is there anything that we're that we're uh, that we're, we haven't hit upon yet? Uh, 
Any news coming down? Uh, I mean, I think last time we talked, it was official that uh, Poirier McGregor was booked. It's not. It's still apparently not officially booked. Is it not? Booked. It's not apparently okay. not officially booked. But uh, yeah, I mean, who's who? Who's not excited for that? I mean, that's going to yeah. be awesome. Do you think yeah. that that McGregor has taken enough time away to be able to shore up, you know, the thing that kind of cost him that last fight? I I don't think it's. Something like that, like when you lose to like calf kicks and, and that kind of stuff, I think it's just more of an adjustment you have to make. I mean, I don't, I so, and Connor is a fighter that we've seen in the past that has the ability to adjust. It's like if you're going to fight Izzy and you're going to catch him with one, like an overhand right, okay, I guarantee you the next time you fight him, you're not going to catch that. He's not going to eat that shot anymore because he's going to adjust. He's going to stay long. He's going to be aware of it. So you're going to see Connor stance different. He's going to be slipping a little bit more. He'll have to feint a little bit more. But he's uh, an intelligent fighter that knows how to adapt. So I think he's going to do really good with it. And I think he'll have good counters to the calf kick. And I think it'll be a, 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 a definitely a more competitive fight. Some fights added uh, this past week. Macy Barber versus Miranda Maverick on uh, July 24th. That's a great fight against two really good young prospects. Uh, Oday Osborne back against Amir Albazi. Is Albazi the guy that was in glory? Ooh. Um, Amir Albazi, yes. Yeah. No, uh, sorry. Um, I always get confused. Albazi is um, – it was uh, Malcolm's first opponent. Was Amir Albazi. Amir Elbazi, okay. yes. So and that uh, oh. the glory fighter you're thinking about is uh, just fought Sue Muderji. Yeah. I forget his name. Um, yeah. Uh, brain freeze, too. Uh, but yes, Adeshev. no. Uh, is that right? Uh, uh, Zaruk Adeshev. Zaruk Adeshev. Okay. Zaruk Adeshev. But uh, yeah, that that's going to be a fantastic fight. I mean, one, I mean, I think uh, Amir Albazi, his pressure and his grappling is phenomenal. Ode Osborne, dynamic striker with so much power. That's a, that's a, a fantastic fight. I mean, both uh, I, after Malcolm fought Albazi, I was like, this kid's going to be really good. And I think he's won. I think he's on a 2-0 and streak in the UFC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same with Ode. And so, I mean, fantastic matchup. Uh, Aston Ladd returning also from a torn ACL against Macy Chason. I love that fight. That's an awesome fight. I, the thing about that fight, though, is I think you're taking two of of the up and coming cha- like contenders in that division and uh, putting them against each other. I'm not sure how much I like that. Hmm. Okay, that's for July 24th. July 24th, yeah. It's crazy to see already now. Like we're booking fights for July. It's yeah. April. It's April, and we're we're talking July fights. I mean, that's that's insane. And I'm trying to think if we uh, if we we're missing anything else. Uh, uh, well, uh, Amanda, news Amanda Hibas against uh, Angela Hill in May. Yeah, that's that one's. I saw that on Twitter yesterday. Any news? My question for you is: any news? Uh, I've been hearing Nagano is just pushing really for John Jones. Any any update on that? Uh, from what Ariel Hawani said, they were they were asking him if he wanted to fight uh, Derek Lewis in June. They were kicking the tires on that one, and uh, Francis said he he would like to have more time before his next fight. So. Okay, so that's uh, that was the news. Huh? Yeah, right now June only has the men's flyweight fight uh, on that pay per view in terms of a championship fight. So uh, the Moreno well, fight. Yeah, the Moreno, the Moreno and uh, Figueroa rematch. So, but let's go division mm-hmm. by division. So right now we got women's strawweight coming up, women's flyweight coming up, women's bantamweight. That's a possibility. You got Nunes versus Pena. That could end up in June. Uh, so you got one one division that's a possibility. I don't think that 145 uh, women's 145 division has anything going on anytime soon. 
Uh, for the men, we, we just mentioned flyweight. Bantamweight, uh, that's another one that could happen in June, depending on the health of Aljamain Sterling, although I believe that would probably happen a bit later in the year. That would have been a good ultimate fighter pairing, Sterling and Jan. But, uh, that, yeah. Jan's, it's at the communication, right? Could have been tough. Right, yeah, that's true. Uh, 145, we've got uh, the Volkanovski-Ortega pairing for later in the year. Mm. 55, we have that booked, uh, Oliveira Poirier, so that, won't, well, that wouldn't happen in June. Welterweight, we have uh, also coming up with uh, Usman and uh, Masvidal. Middleweight, we don't have anything. So Israel, if Israel wanted to compete in June, maybe he's ready to turn it around and uh, compete. But there's not really a challenger right now. We got Whitaker fighting, Vittori fighting, Gastelum fighting, Kevin Holland uh, this weekend. So uh, there's not really an established contender that would be able to turn it around for June just yet. But it's, I guess, still a possibility depending on how those fight goes. I would, I would say it's not likely. Uh, light heavyweight, Jan Blahovic said he wanted to take some time away. So uh, he'll probably yeah. return later in the year. And then there's heavyweight that we just mentioned. So really the only real possibilities, I think, would be uh, bantamweight, women's bantamweight and men's bantamweight. So we'll have to see how that one uh, plays out for June. And when is the, the Rob Font fight? I think that's I in, forgetting. I think that's in May, May. is it? May, yeah, I think okay. that one's in May. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the one I'm amped for. Circled on your calendar? It's well, although, not circle. We Apparently, I forgot at the date, so it couldn't <laughs> have been that. I'm excited for the fight. Apparently, not the date. Yeah. So I got no idea when the date is. Uh, <laughs> is it under the Sanhagen Dillashaw card? I don't know if it's on the same. No, card, I don't I think, think it's the main so. event of another card that's near around that time. Uh, because I'm I'm on best fight odds, and I it's not up yet. I guess the odds okay. for the fight. I would think it would be. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, all right. So we got so. Uh, we got a bunch of good stuff coming up, which is nice. Um, all right. Yeah. Oh, and Bilal Muhammad against uh, Demian Maya. That got added. That's a that's a good one. You know what? I, I like that fight. And the reason why I like that fight is because if Bilal wasn't going to get Edwards, I think that you you say to him, uh, you know, we're going to give you still we're still going to give you a top ten guy. Like you know, yeah. we're not we're not going to give you the number three guy. We've got something for him, but we still want to make sure that you have a chance to move up the rankings. So I think that that is a, an appropriate booking for Bilal Muhammad. Yeah, and I mean, Bilal did jump up pretty high in the rankings to fight Edwards. So, I mean, it just kind of gives him that one extra step before he goes back again, which I don't mind, you know? I'm, I'm with you on that. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see how, uh, how that one goes. But uh, I believe his last uh, fight of Demian Maya's contract, so he could be a free agent after that or could retire. I don't could know what he wants Bellator, to do, but he yeah. a while. Yeah. But, I mean, Demian Maya is still a danger. Like, he's the type of fighter where... Like, he's just always going to be dangerous because his jiu-jitsu is so good, right? Like, yeah, as long seriously. As he can, he grabs just, onto you, you're done. Yeah, decent enough on the feet. And if he gets any sort of... I mean, that's the thing. Bilal's going to have to basically keep the standing, I think. Like, I don't think he's going to want to try to take him down. And yeah. on the feet, I don't think that Damian Maya is uh, like is going to be that have that much of a disadvantage against Bilal Muhammad. And if he can if he can get close to Bilal Muhammad, who knows how that one goes. That's going to be a fun one. You have that pressure that he brings in your face, always jabbing you. Like, it's it's, it's nasty pressure. All right. Well, Joe, we'll be back next week. We'll talk about uh, what happened uh, at the – it's a Saturday afternoon card. I think everybody needs to remember it's in the afternoon this Saturday. Yeah, I was going to ask you. If, so what time is the main event start? Not the main event, the main card. Main card, I believe, starts at 3 Eastern. 3. Jeez. Very, yeah. very early. Yeah, the prelims start at noon. Really so, early. All yeah, right. So it should be from about noon to 6, if I'm not mistaken, for the whole card. So Noon to 6. Yeah. All right. So uh, keep, keep your afternoon plans open, Joe, and then you get another two Saturday nights in a row to yourself. Yeah, you know, I wanted to train. Uh, I have to train, though. It kind of ruins it because I can't miss training to watch fights. So now I have to 
kind of rewatch the prelims. That's during my training time. Right, and just, training just time is the priority time. Although you go to bed no. at like 7.30 like an old guy, so. That's it. Priority. It's routine, Aaron. I'm, I'm Mr. Routine. Everything has to be done on routine schedule. I stayed up I like cleaning my house up. yesterday. I was just listening to music. I stayed up till 12.30 cleaning my house. And then when I got to Jeez. bed, I was just jacked with adrenaline because the adrenaline was keeping me awake till I just keep cleaning. All right. What time did you get up? Uh, this kids morning. Kids got you up? Uh, like, the kids were up at like 7.30 or something. I don't know. I didn't. Right. I probably got about five hours of sleep last night. That's why I'm so jacked up right now and wired. So maybe you need to fight like Vittori to get 11 hours. Maybe yeah. you need that uh, calm before the storm. I, you know what? I recently got almost 11 hours of sleep in a night. Yeah. Last I week. got nine and I was impressed. Nine? Yeah. I, last week I was feeling ill. And it wasn't. It wasn't anything. Here, my wife makes fun of me. So I've I've had two. You have to announce there have that been it's two not times, COVID. So there have been two times during this pandemic where I thought that I I should go get tested for COVID. And both times, the reason was because I ate too much watermelon and it made me sick. So All right. feel free to make fun of me for that one, uh, because uh, I deserve to be made fun of. Watermelon's good. It's getting hot outside. I don't blame you. You must it's, have been thirsty. It's, it's, it's just too good. It's too good of a. It's too good of a thing. <laughs> you got and, so, and they're so gigantic that you I found can't. the perfect melon. You cut you it know? up, you put it into like a bowl, and it's just there. And it's. Do you want to know what's interesting, which is really good? Adding watermelon and feta cheese. Ah, I can see that. You, you watermelon and feta I, cheese. If you put feta cheese on anything, I think it's good. You yeah, probably throw too. it on a steak, it would be good. <laughs> yeah. People are yeah, a little but feta cheese and watermelon are it, it's incredible. All right. Well, feta like, cheese and watermelon. My wife Get a nice like little chunk like and go. Cheese, but uh, I would do that. Now, obviously, when you eat watermelon, this is my last question for you. You like the tip when you cut it open, right? Because the middle is the most juicy. I like the what? The So when you cut your watermelon, you cut it in little triangles, right? Then there's the, the crust, which is no, the, I don't do what it do they call it, the grind? I don't do it that No. Way. I cut it How in half. Cut? You scoop? No, no. I, well, I cut it in half, and then I take the knife, and I go around the perimeter of it. And then I then I kind of do uh, the, you know, the middle. I cut it into sections. Cut it across and and uh, you know both ways, and then I take so a spoon a and I just and I just take take the spoon out, take kind of the kind of the bigger chunks, put it in a bowl and cut those up. There All you right. go. I don't I don't okay. like I don't. So you like don't grab the, the end like a little pizza slice. No, you're holding the crust. Way. I don't do it. And then way. then the first bite, the tip of the triangle is the best part for sure. But the, the, the problem with the way that I do it is I just have a giant bowl of just watermelon cubes that I can just sit and eat all day. And that's but why then I when you that. share the bowl, you got to be careful because p- people strategically look for the good pieces. No, right? no, no, no. They're all good. Not pieces. in your family. Everyone pieces. shares They're the nice pieces. pieces. So the Voltolini family then, I guess we were the savages that all went for the juicy pieces. Yeah, but they're all good. What's well, a yeah. fantastic, fantastic fruit. <laughs> My nephew actually prefers the piece of the watermelon closest to the, the grind. The what is it? The grind? Yeah, it's got a kind it? of a tart taste to it. That's his that. favorite part. I like That's it his all. Favorite part. Yeah, in, in the fruit power Apparently rankings, too much, Aaron. Apparently on the fruit you like rankings. watermelon way too much. Yeah. Well, what, what are your fruit power rankings? Give me your top five fruit. <laughs> Um, the most I eat is an apple just because I like that's not, apples, that's but, not, but that's not, my favorite that's the one fruit you, you enjoy the most. I, I eat okay. more apples than anything else too, because they're the cheapest. Top two I'll favorite. give you mangoes and figs. Figs. Well, figs are, I guess, mangoes and figs. Okay. Not dry figs, like fresh oh, figs, fresh figs. Okay, you know, like a fr- off the tree, like Italians love figs. Like in Sicily, especially we have nice, big, juicy, you can get green or nice, those nice purple, juicy figs, but figs and mangoes would be my top two. All right. Well, mangoes are Mangoes are great. The problem with the mango, and the reason why I wouldn't be in, in my top is because they're so hard to prepare. Messy they're to pain. eat, yeah. They're just a pain. Yeah. But they but taste it's great. Just, 
Yeah, it's it's worth it at the end. But you know, I like that little bit of extra work. It's, it's like, like pomegranate, right? I like love pomegranate, the pomegranate sucks to, to eat, but the reward of spending an hour and staining all your clothes mm-hmm. and staining your fingers to just get a nice bowl you can eat with a spoon, like that, nothing beats that. I'm just buying frozen mango. You throw it in a bowl and you leave it in the fridge overnight. Yeah, that works too. Yeah. yeah. And but it saves me the work. Freshness. It's not quite as good though. It's not as good as a fresh mango. Yeah, good there enough. we go. There you go. Today's today's episode, technology and fruit. I yeah, like well, it. We, that's what we started and ended with. If anybody heard the good stuff in the middle, that's like <laughs> that's the watermelon. The, yeah. the, the, the it's beginning our sandwich, end, you know? We, we, we gave we you the, the bread, but the, the meat, and yeah. the, the main part's in the middle. <laughs> All right, Joe. Well, uh, next right, week, we'll give, we'll give everybody our top five favorite vegetables, and uh, you're going to want to tune in for that. <laughs> there you go. All right, that's see it. you next week, Joe. We'll see you guys. Thanks for listening to the TSN MMA Show. For all the latest UFC news, visit tsn.ca slash UFC.